Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Welcome into this Wednesday, April 26th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home. That has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Punick, Verzellini, Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us. Starting a few minutes early here today. So at 12.15, we'll be joined live in studio by new Washington head boys basketball coach Ryan Miller. That is at 12.15, but we're going to start now. And then around 12.30-ish, we'll be joined in studio by Travis the Beast Bajan as tonight is the night. The pulling for the Rams telethon live from the Mountaineer Pub. We'll have it on TV 10 from 6 to 9 p.m. Directly going to the TB2 scholarship. That's where all the donations go. You can go to PullingForTheRams.com to uh, see the packages for tonight if you have not yet done that. But uh, we'll talk some EPAC baseball from last night. We had regional action on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10 as Martinsburg beat uh, Hampshire 7-1. to It was a great outing on the mound for Owen Rubenthal's. He went to complete game, uh, forced a lot of ground outs and fly outs. And uh, then two homers on the night, one by Mike Lupus and one by Landon Sifford, kind of powered the way for the dogs as they uh, as most of the hits came from those two guys. Yeah, not necessarily the uh, you know outing that you want if you're Martinsburg. Um, you know, like you said, Spencer, you got really great production from three of your guys in the lineup there: Rupenthal on the mound, and then what Lupus and. Uh, Sifford were able to do at the plate but like I said you know last night and you know Hampshire's ace was pitching so I mean it was a tough matchup in in that sense and um you know Hampshire has been or Hampshire battled last night so I want to give them some credit for what they were able to do at times you know if you you know you take away those two bad pitches and they're right in the ball game so um you know, great piece of hitting, though, from Sifford and Lupus, and then Rupenthal gives you a good performance on the mound. So, you know, you got some strong performances out there, but uh, not necessarily the performance you want overall if you're Martinsburg, but a win's a win. And, and at this point in the year when you're, you know, battling for position in the uh, final standings, you know, you want to try to pick up as many wins as you can, especially a regional game. If you were to drop a game to Hampshire – being the only EPAC team to lose to them, that that wouldn't look great on your season resume. So a win, you know, a six-one, a six-run win, uh, definitely, you know, looks a lot better than w- what it actually was. But it was still a win, so that's all that really matters. And uh, today against Berkeley Springs, you know, senior day for the Bulldogs, so good chance to showcase a talented senior class tonight. Yeah, I think uh, Coach Aaron Byler hit the nail on the head last night in the post-game interview where he stated that the effort that his team gave last night was enough for last night to get the win, but it's not the effort that he wants to see for the rest of the season. He wants to see more. He expects more of this team night in and night out, especially when you're getting closer and closer to sectionals and regionals in which he has the expectation of going out winning the section and then fighting for that regional championship in trying to get Martinsburg back to that region championship in state tournament, but 
if the if they have the effort as the maximum of last night, they're not doing it. Even though we saw seven runs, and I think Coach Byler will agree, even though they saw seven runs, two home runs, great pitching by Rubenthal. They need more if they want to go out and beat teams like Musselman, like Hedgesville, like Jefferson. I mean, I agree. Yeah, I would tend oh, to I agree with that. Agree. And uh, other games from around the area last night, Jefferson beat Musselman 7-3. to three. Uh, It was a combined performance on the mound, I believe, by Riley Morgan and by Caleb Fletcher to get things going there or get things through there for the Cougars as uh, – it was three RBIs from Hefner. He went one for three with three RBIs. And then an RBI apiece from Pavanelli. Fletcher, Kelly, and Scheibe. But, you know, Riley Morgan goes three innings, three hits, three runs, two earned, three walks, seven strikeouts. Caleb Fletcher comes in for four innings, gets the win. No hits, no runs, three walks, and eight strikeouts as uh, the Cougars strike out the Appleman 15 times as the Appleman have now lost four straight games. Yeah, it's been a tough uh, stretch for Musselman. You know, we mentioned obviously Martinsburg not getting necessarily the performance they wanted last night, but Musselman has now been on just a streak of performances that they don't want to see at this point in the year. So, um, you know, a lot could change. I mean, you could realistically, what we thought was a lock of having some combination of either Hedgesville, Musselman, and the one two spot, you could now see Martinsburg jump in there if they were to beat. Musselman on Friday, um, or Saturday, or Saturday. Uh, you know, we you say could. That now? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's rain in the forecast, so yeah. you know, there's a chance that the game gets moved, and that would make a lot of sense if you're trying to get it in before the vote. So, um, you know, for for Martinsburg, if they were to get a win over Musselman, that would mean that they split against Musselman, they split against Hedgesville, uh, they would have at least one win over Jefferson, depending on what happens on Monday. So, I'm in my opinion, they'd be the two, I think, with a win. With the way Musselman's played as of late, uh, I think that's a very solid argument to be made that you could put Martinsburg over Musselman at that point, which seems kind of hard to say. And, and, you know, a few weeks ago, we thought maybe they would be the fifth best team in the back, uh, but they uh, have responded and... Sometimes it's based on, you know, recency bias to an extent, but um, I think you could make the argument if they get the win over Musselman on Friday or Saturday, depending on when the game is played, for them to be the two, and I think you could really justify it as well. Yeah, and, you know, looking at the regional records for all the teams here in the EPAC, Hedgesville sitting at 7-3 in the region, Martinsburg, Jefferson, and Musselman all tied at 6-3, and three. so... If you're doing head-to-heads, like basketball is done, which I think they should just go to across the board, and I know some head coaches and assistant coaches would definitely agree with me on that, uh, but not the majority, obviously, because they haven't changed it yet. Uh, but, you know, it's 6-3 and three for Martinsburg, Jefferson, Musselman, and, uh, you know, Martinsburg and Jefferson will do battle on Monday. I feel like most, most coaches, Friday. Martinsburg and Jefferson. Uh, sorry, yeah. my bad. I feel like most coaches may have voted by then because votes are due next Tuesday at noon. But if Martinsburg can beat Jefferson twice this season and beat Musselman once, that'll be huge. Absolutely, yeah. And then Washington sitting at four and six, and 
Spring Mill sitting at three and six. Those are the regional records with Hampshire in there as well. Uh, but other games from last night: Washington beat Spring Mills eleven to three. Brandon Dunbar pitched a complete game, giving up six hits, three runs, two earned, while striking out eight. Patriots improved to ten and thirteen, two and six in the EPAC, while the Cardinals fell to four and sixteen and two and six in the conference. And Edgesville beat East Hardy four to two. Mason Elliott got the start on the mound and pitched a complete game, striking out nine. I think what we've learned this year uh, is East Hardy is a well-improved team facing these EPAC teams from where they were last year. Yeah, that's for sure. And hats off to them on allowing these uh, teams to have a better competitive uh, opportunity when they go out to play East Hardy now, whenever that's put on the schedule. Because um, we know now uh, when Martinsburg played them in the doubleheader, they split. Musselman just recently lost East Hardy, and now East Hardy uh, was close, but unfortunately for them, fell to hedgesville which is great for the eagles getting a 4-2 win for them they as you just mentioned right now if you look at just records and records alone it's hedgesville at number one not only in the section but in the entire region and we were saying for the past two weeks that it was a lock at the time of it being muscleman before this four game losing streak and now all of a sudden the way things are going for the appleman they're no longer not even number one they might not even be number two they might not even be number three by the end of the week. They could go from first to fourth all because of a five, maybe six-game losing streak, depending on how things go for the Appleman. And it's just crazy how baseball changes like that. And do you look at recency and, or do you look at season as a whole? But, but here, I'm going to give you something back to my argument a couple moments ago about the vote. It's not helping them at all that they play Washington on 5-4. That's after the vote is due. Yeah. That doesn't help them at all. And, you know, maybe if you're head coach Josh Hartman, you're like, well, why are we even doing the vote then? If my team's not going to get help because we could fall back, but then in the regional rankings, maybe they move up. I don't, you know, I'm just saying it. It's, it's kind of baffling to me that they have these votes to do, but then they have these games being played that don't matter towards the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't understand it really, but uh yeah, I don't. I don't know why they still have the vote. I don't really know why the vote was ever how they did it. You know, because that essentially means even more. I mean, we talk about it sometimes. How, you know, the regular season really doesn't matter anyway because everybody makes the playoffs. But then it really doesn't matter when uh, your seating doesn't even get decided based on your regular season necessarily because it could just be that you vote some way just because you want to vote that way because that benefits you the best or whatever the case may be. So, yeah. Or you have a gripe with another coach. Yeah, I mean, who knows? So, I mean, I just think the whole thing is kind of dumb the way it works. But like we said before, no matter what your seating spot is, is you just got to take it. And, and, I mean, you're going to have to beat the teams in your section. And whoever ends up being the best team out of that group – you know, throughout the sectional tournament gets to play for the region and then whoever comes out of the region is gonna represent the state tournament so you know it's it's i mean there's all these debates about how to do it but at the end of the day i mean that's what it comes down to is you know how do you perform in that sectional tournament and it's kind of weird how your whole season is based on or your whole season success really just comes down to one tournament 
Yeah, that is very true, Nick. And that will do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Ken Parsons Ford, and Martinsburg. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. After this break, we'll turn our attention to high school basketball here in the Eastern Panhandles. We'll be joined live in studio by new Washington boys basketball coach Ryan Miller, former Wildwood Middle School basketball coach. After this two-minute break, you're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. Four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. Locust Hill Golf Course invites you to historic Charlestown, West Virginia for 18 holes of phenomenal golf. We're just an hour drive from the Baltimore, D.C. Beltway, one half hour from Virginia, as well as Hagerstown and Frederick, Maryland. Each tee offers challenges across the 35 acres of lakes, ponds, and streams, which come into play on 11 holes. The Blue Ridge Mountains also provide a breathtaking backdrop to Locust Hill. Schedule your tee time today at www.locusthillgolfcourse.com or call 304-728-7300. That's 304-728-7300. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 for your Wednesday, April 26th. We're now joined in studio live by the new Washington head boys basketball coach, Ryan Miller. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on and joining us. And uh, this process for you has been, I think, about a month long from what I've kind of seen from the school board. Uh, and then Monday night, it came to fruition as you uh, step up from the middle school to the high school ranks. Yes, uh, roughly, probably close to a month since I interviewed. And then um, the school board process, of course, spring break was in there, so it delayed it a little bit. But uh Monday night it was official, probably right around six forty-five, seven o'clock. And, and coach, go ahead. So you go. I was going to probably ask something. Let me <laughs> okay. see the mouse though. Um, and coach, you know, you go from uh, being the middle school coach at Wildwood to now the head coach at Washington. Uh, what do you think the transition will be like from uh, middle school to uh, varsity? 
Uh, it's obviously a big jump, but and I talked about this the other night a little bit, but at some point coaching basketball is coaching basketball. Uh, we tried to do the, a lot of stuff at Wildwood like a high school program, um, kind of like a small college program. You know, we uh, we did scouting reports. We scouted people. You know, not all the coaches at that level do it, but it's the only way I know how to do it, and that's how I was taught. So uh, we'll, we'll bring that to the high school level, and uh, we'll just expand it a little bit, have more coaches that can get out and uh, – you know, filling that staff out with people that are experienced. And uh, so I, I just think it, it's, again, coaching basketball is coaching basketball. We did a lot of nice things at Wildwood and just you know got to work a little harder, be a little bit more busy, but it, it'll translate. Just uh, talk to us about the entire process of your hiring and uh, what led to your decision of uh, pursuing this opportunity and making the jump. Yeah, well, um, we like I said, we had a lot of success at Wildwood, and I love that school. Um, I'll still be involved there, and, you know, whoever the new head coach is, I'll offer them whatever they need as far as help. Um, and uh, But about halfway through this year, it got to a point where I knew I was ready to move on. And, you know, a lot of people have asked me, you know, you have this winning streak at Wildwood, why are you leaving? And I'm a guy that likes to feel challenged. So when it stopped becoming so challenging for me and I didn't feel like I had to maybe do the things that I needed to and on a nightly basis, um, I knew it was time to move on. And, um, again, it, not that I stopped having fun. Uh, winning is always fun. But uh, it, it was one of those things where I wanted to be more challenged and I wanted to go a little bit farther. And then when I found out that Washington was opening up, it was a chance for me to just fulfill a dream. When I started in 2013 at Spring Mills High School when it opened, um, I was a young guy. I was only 22 years old and immediately knew that one day I wanted to do this. So uh, when uh, when I was ready to leave Wildwood and Washington opened up and it all kind of met uh, timing-wise, uh, I knew it was the right fit. Let's talk about your coaching background a little bit and kind of maybe where you came from. I know I saw on Facebook the other night that you were getting congratulated by uh, your former high school head coach, Kelly Church, and yeah. uh, in that you know historic Hedgesville basketball program, uh, we had them on the show earlier this year when they reached their 500th. What was it, 500th win? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, With just 25 years. Yeah. Of kind of what his coaching tree has kind of evolved to, and now you're one of those guys, essentially. Yeah. Um, he's been awesome through the whole process. Talking to him down at the state tournament when rumors were kind of flying, and uh, he he was great and uh, offered me his advice on things. Um, so that was really good. And uh, But that's kind of where I learned how to – the, my style, right? And uh, not necessarily on the floor, but just how to do things off the floor. Um, I was a guy when I played for him that was never the most physically gifted. Um, I could hold my own, but really I had to dive into film and, you know, be an extension of the coaching staff on the floor and be cerebral. And that allowed me to guard people that I probably had no business guarding and playing games that I had no business playing in. And uh, so that all translates to the coaching level and just seeing how they do things there. Um, being able to take some of that and then put my own spin on it, uh, I, I think it's been really good for me as a coach. And one of your assistant coaches coming from Hedgesville, is that correct? Yeah, well, I actually have two guys coming. Um, Kyle Van Meter, uh, for the JV coach last year and has been for the last three years at Hedgesville. I think he's been there a total of five. Um, he's going to come over with me. Kyle's one of my best friends. And uh, when I told him that I was making this jump to Washington, he immediately said, well, let's do this. And it's always more fun to do things with your friends, right? Yeah. So uh, that's going to be a really cool dynamic. And I'm also bringing Zane Kogan over. Uh, he was a first-year guy on the Hedgesville staff because he just got done playing at Shepard. Zane's actually somebody that I coached when I was at Spring Mills. He came in as a freshman on that 2013 when it opened. And um, Zane just offers his youth, first off. He's got a lot of energy. And just from playing at a college level, sees things at a different level than a lot of people do. Um, so those guys will be really two really good additions for us. When you look at your uh, current team at Washington, and I'm sure you've seen them play a little bit, 
having being a middle school coach at Jefferson uh, and, you know, either watching varsity games at Jefferson or just seeing them play at the middle school level as well. Uh, what do you think about the current roster that's there? And I know they have a young team, so how do you try to get the best out of those guys coming back? And uh, I guess where do you want to see some improvements for Washington to get them you know, toward the level where we've seen pretty much every other team in the EPAC be pretty competitive, but they've been kind of toward the bottom every year? Right. Uh, I mean, they do have a lot of young talent there. That's one thing I'm really excited about. You know, you had a freshman last year that was second team all EPAC and Chris Dolman. Um, you return a lot of guys who had a, you know, played significant minutes at the varsity level, and you don't always get that. You see some teams lose four or five seniors who played significant minutes. I think lost, Washington lost a few, um, but they bring the big kid back, George Welty, uh, who I'm really excited about. He's a big physical kid. I can't wait to get in the gym with him. Um, Malik Smith comes back and really shoot the ball off that team. Um, and obviously, you know, a lot of it centers around Chris, and he gets a lot of the attention. And um, on the floor, Chris is going to be fine. Uh, off the floor, I really need him to step up as a leader, as a sophomore, and I know uh, And in talking to him a little bit, it's going to be uh, tough for him because he, he, he's the kid. He's quiet, right? And uh, as a sophomore, you don't always want to take, you know, take a stand and, and be the leader, but I need him to be. And um, so I'm, I'm really excited about the roster. Like I said, they returned a lot of talent. Um, we're going to have some talent coming, and uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. You mentioned uh, the first question I asked you was you were looking for a challenge, and some would say that one of the biggest challenges, if not the biggest challenge, at least for boys basketball in the APAC, is becoming the head coach for Washington and a program that, as Nick just said as well, kind of has been at the bottom of all the teams. And not only have we seen that for boys basketball, we've seen some coaching change in the entire school of Washington, and that has caused, uh, it seems like, some kids to – maybe not want to pursue athletics there because they don't know who their coach is going to be year in, year out. But for you, being up for this challenge, hopefully, and wanting to build this foundation, what are you hoping to do and what goals are you starting early on that you want to achieve? Yeah, so the first thing is just consistency. Um, I plan to be at Washington for a long time. and They haven't always had that. And even when I well, – Washington became a high school when I was playing in high school. And um, – had Don Bullet for the first couple of years and then has been a rotating door kind of since then. Um, but I'm going to provide that consistency. And then really all I'm looking for is progress. Um, I don't expect this to happen overnight. Um, you know, you're talking about a team that was 3-18 and 18 last year. I'm not going to flip that, and we're not going to go 18-3. and three. Like, I'm not naive to that. We, we play a, a tough schedule, especially in the EPAC, where everybody can beat anybody on a given night. Um, but really it's, it's just about progress for me. And uh, it's not I don't like putting a number wins and losses on the things. If we're competing on a nightly basis, that's that's going to be good enough for me. When you kind of you know do a deeper dive into a program, at some point, whether these it's you know a legendary coach, uh, you know being there at some point. But I feel like what I've learned, uh, you know, I've only been here in the Martinsburg area for about you know coming up on two years, and it seems like at some point or another, these successful programs, their coaches or their assistant coaches are ingrained in that school. Uh, with being with teaching there or you know being something there is that are you planning to move over to Washington or have anybody there yeah so um it's just kind of been in the works and it's not board approved yet but I accepted a job over there um I believe Kyle Van Meters applied as well um so we'll have two guys in the building and I think that's really key seeing the kids every day building a rapport with them um being there if there's any issues you know as far as scheduling and and just being seen in the hallways goes a long way with it, building a relationship with the kids. And I do think it's really important. It's part of the reason. Again, I love Wildwood. I never thought a year ago that I would be leaving. Um, but 
this is an opportunity to do something. And, and one thing about me is when I do things, I dive all the way into them and uh, kind of one-track mind. And so when I knew that I was going to take the coaching job there, it was really important to me to get a teaching job there as well. And when you look at the Jefferson program now, and you've been a big part of the varsity success because middle school obviously leads into the varsity program. Um, but it wasn't always that Jefferson – I mean, they've had good teams in the past, but really they have taken a step now that they are the dominant team in the EPAC. How do you then, I guess from a varsity head coach perspective, uh, I guess get the growth at Washington to kind of go on the same path and you know see your middle school team have success to lead to the JV and then to the varsity? Yeah, so um, I think the first thing is just getting that line of communication with the middle school coaches open. Um, Coach Jason Smith at Charlestown, Ryan Milborn at Harpers Ferry, they both feed us. Uh, so one of my priorities is to sit down with them, um, start talking about, you know, if they can run a little bit of our stuff, use same terminology, just be seen in the building. Uh, I think stopping by their games and practices is important, getting kids to buy into the program. Um, but I think learning in, you know, in Jefferson County, you can play as a sixth grader on the varsity team. So uh, it, it's nice to be able to get your hands on those kids early and teach them, you know, what it's going to be like. With Charlestown pretty much being a direct feeder to Washington and, and Harpers Ferry being mostly to Washington, uh, if we can we can kind of do what we want to do in those programs and get the coaches on board, I, I think it'll go a long way. Just tell us a little bit more about yourself. Were you someone that always wanted to go into coaching when you were younger, or did that come later on in life? So looking back, I think so. Um, if you would have told me when I was – graduating high school that I was going to be a coach I would have never thought so um and then, but looking back and how it was you know I, I kind of I was a point guard and again the athletic most most physically gifted guy so I kind of had to be that coach on the floor and see things at a different level and be a couple plays ahead so uh, I think that's all translated um when I got a phone call from Joel Silver when he was the head coach at Spring Mill uh really I was coming on to just be a practice player because I was still young enough to run up and down with the guys and you know was still playing all the time and very quickly, I realized that this is what I wanted to do. So I just kept taking on a bigger and bigger role. And um, so I would say that's when I really realized that I wanted to do this. Um, and then it really became a part of me whenever I left Spring Mills and took the job down at Wildwood and got that program. Uh, and I've been able to run that program uh, for the last seven years. And, and really, to credit to the people at Wildwood, they've let me do it my way. And, and not a lot of middle schools uh, are behind their athletics like they are at Wildwood. And, and I'll say, like, we, we traveled. Like, we went to Morgantown and Bridgeport the last couple of years and played there. We had people down. We've held a mixer the last two years. And it, it's been a great experience. And it's kind of shown me what I wanted to do at the varsity level and even take it a step farther. I have a kind of a, an outlook question. We kind of talked about it a little bit off the air. I mentioned it to you. Uh, what kind of it's kind of hard to anticipate what's going to happen here with that that bill that's that allows transfers. How do you, as a, as a brand new head coach, kind of take a look at that, and what do you take from that to maybe go? Well, I got to make sure I got to keep these guys here if they want to be in my program, or you know, accept new guys that come in. Yeah, so a lot of it's about buy-in um, for the guys that are there. You know, you have to make them feel like they're a part of something and, and something they want to be a part of. And um, I'll be honest, like not everybody's a fit everywhere. You see it in college all the time now. Some programs just aren't a fit for kids. So what it's going to do is it's going to give those kids an opportunity to go elsewhere. Um, so really it's about making your program and doing the best job that you can and making it attractive. Um, but not, again, we're as coaches, we're still not allowed to go out and recruit and do all this. Yeah. But um, you can do little things, and people can see stuff from the outside. 
Um, so I, th- I think you just got to do a good job running your program the best way you know how. And uh, that's what we're going to try to do at Washington and do the little things and really run it like a small college and make it you know, good for the players that are there and attractive for people that want to come. So what's next for you and your uh, team as you get ready for next season? So a uh, parent meeting, because, again, this all happened fast. You know, Monday just got approved and really was allowed to do stuff. So parent meeting tomorrow night, uh, get them the schedule for the summer, and I think that might be a little surprising because it's going to be busy. Um, so we're going to go to a couple team camps. I know we're going to go to Mount St. Mary's and play in their team camp, and um, we're trying to get into another one at the end of the three-week coaching period that we have. Um, the weight room is going to be big for us, especially with such a young team. So uh, I'm excited about that. And then um, really just getting my hands on the guys, letting them learn uh, how we do things and we're going to do things. It's going to be an adjustment period. But um, I think the sooner that we can get in the gym and and start doing things, really use a lot of flex days this year uh, early on, I think it will help us out. Coach Ryan Miller, our guest, thanks for the time. We uh, look forward to talking uh, talking to you here soon in the summer, probably a little bit as well. Thank you guys for having me. appreciate it. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. You can buy your Traegers at Orsini's at 360 Act Wilson Way in Martinsburg or online at Orsini's.com. We'll be back after this two-minute break with Travis the Beast Bajan as uh, Shepherds football's fundraiser is tonight at the Mountaineer Pub. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. Well, uh, Mommy, where does flavor come from? Well, um, when people love food, they cook it on a Traeger grill. Meat, corn, even pie. (laughs) And then the Traeger does the rest, which brings everyone to celebrate this beautiful thing that they've created. Because when you share delicious food with your friends, that's the flavor of life. Shop now and save at Orsini's today. Whether it's a strain, sprain, or fracture, WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine in Charlestown and Spring Mills now offer same-day appointments. No referral is needed unless required by your insurance carrier. WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine offers the exceptional care you expect for the injuries you don't. For same-day appointments at WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, call 304-725-BONE. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire. Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti. When you need justice. Shenandoah Community Health continues to offer COVID vaccinations and clinics each Saturday throughout the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. The COVID vaccinations and boosters are free to anybody age 12 and up. To find out more, call 304-263-4999 or visit Shenandoah Community Health's website. Get your COVID vaccination or booster free to anybody age 12 and up at any of the Saturday clinics hosted by Shenandoah Community Health in the Martinsburg and Winchester areas. Call 304-263-4999 today. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. 
Welcome back to this Wednesday, April 26th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us. Once again, we thank Ryan Miller, new Washington Heads boys basketball coach, for coming on and talking to us as he takes over the program in Charlestown. We're now joined by the one, the only, the Travis, the Beast, Bajant, and uh, another day, another uh, feature coming out about Tyson yesterday. <laughs> that was a little surprise, right? You guys kind of forgot about that. Yeah, I, I somewhat. Then when I saw it, I was like, then when I saw it, I was like, that's why Coach McCook walked all the way to that far corner during pro day to be to be there for like 15 minutes being interviewed. It makes yeah, sense. No doubt. And the same producers from Addicted to Winning were the were the producers, so they had that. That ground. makes I was gonna ask you where that high school footage came from. Yeah. Especially after he had committed. So here's the deal. Which feature was better? That's the question. Cause I think they both knew about each other and they both crushed it. I think they did. The one thing I'll say about the NFL network one, there wasn't a lot of focus on the senior bowl. I feel like. Or let's say no focus on yeah. the senior bowl yeah. or the combine. Yeah. But yeah. but I did like I mean I felt as if both were two completely different stories because the one from NFL that they went with the right manifestation it was you telling Tyson from 5 years old up until now this is exactly what you will be in your life and I'm going to do my best as a dad to lead you to that point. And that was basically past to future. I felt like more of the ESPN one has been everything that's gone maybe the past two years of his life. Not I feel almost like, his entire life on one. I feel like the ESPN special, I was the talent. Yeah. I yeah. would say we got I got a lot of that feedback as well. And when the NFL network shows up, I become the producer. That's what I see is that you really can't go wrong. You can hire me to do, to just be the talent, or you can hire me to be the producer. It is totally up to you. You pick. Do you like me as the talent or the producer? That is right there in front of you because I handed that NFL Network deal on a silver platter right there. And my man ran with it, and it was I thought it was awesome. All right, let's get into uh, tonight, the pulling for the Rams, 6 to 9 p.m. at the Mountaineer Pub. Uh, we will be there broadcasting live for the telethon to help raise money for TB2. For those that maybe it's the first time in a few weeks that they're tuned in or they've never tuned in before, just tell them a little bit about the event. Yeah, so this will be the second year for Pulling for the Rams. Last year, we used the platform of winning the Harlan Hill Trophy. Um, We raised about $55,000 last year. This year, we've expanded it a little bit. I feel it's expanded. We started at the spring game and um, just letting people know that we were having this event. And we all were privy to the Martinsburg Telethon and how awesome that it ended up for Martinsburg. So we have tonight at the Mountaineer Pub an opportunity for you to see what has to be the greatest collection of Martinsburg, or I'm sorry, of Shepherd University offensive players to ever come through Shepherd. Do you guys all agree with that? Yeah. yeah. 
Easily, I feel like, almost. Yeah, so we got these four dudes, and every, you know, all four of them have a legit chance of maybe um, playing football after college. They were all on the same team. So they'll all be there tonight at the Mountaineers. So come hang out, get a picture with what looks like a sure thing and the draftable Joey Fisher. Um, And then, of course, Ronnie Tyson and B Walker are all going to keep their fingers crossed, and hopefully they get their name caught as well. And uh, Monty Cater will be there. Hall Coach, of Famer. K- yep, Coach Cater will be there, and um, you know we've got posters and silent auctions and arm wrestling and all kinds of festivities. So, but ultimately, if you just want to show your love for Shepherd football, we got a great place for three or four hours that you can come see those guys. Which maybe for the last couple times before they've got security around them and everything. Yeah. Or and the arm wrestling is your specialty, and I apologize that I didn't ask sooner. Maybe it's in the car that you could come show us the $100,000 that you're putting on the table if somebody can beat you tonight. You got that briefcase? 100%. That cash is not – it's in the back seat open to the public right now. <laughs> All right, got to go. Do you think that I'm worried for a second that anyone's going to take that money? <laughs> no, I'm not. I was going to uh, follow up and say – or so do you have to come to the event to donate or is there another way for people maybe to live outside of the area to donate to no doubt it's super easy right so we got packages on pulling for the rams.com it starts at a hundred dollars and you can go all the way up to a five thousand dollar package if uh you also can go to facebook we've got ways for you to silent or not silently but to just bid in the comments you'll be able to bid in the comments of the show tonight and ultimately we have about 10 footballs that are all either current or former ncaa records so there's going to be a lot of opportunities for people that are just into that shepherd football like crazy and we got a lot of amazing fans and i think with the TB2 Foundation being a direct feed to the football program, it's just a perfect fit for your money to truly help the Shepherd Rams become absolutely fully funded and ahead of the curb in, in, the, in the NIL department and, and in every other situation to ensure that we stay on track to somehow win that national championship. And for those looking, again, it's on PullingForTheRams.com, correct? All those packages. And you also sent me a Facebook post that has some of the signature items, including game jerseys worn by Joey Fisher, Ronnie Brown, Brian Walker, Tyson Bajan, as well as those 10 footballs leading up to the record that Tyson Bajan has thrown. Those all are also now shared on our TV10 Facebook page for those that want to look there if they don't have you on Facebook. 100%. And I expect Mr. Hornsby there to reach out to the VIP contacts in your phone and send that to all the big money guys here in Berkeley County. He's on the golf course. Yeah, right Mike's now, on the so golf course right now. In. So uh, he's not tuned in, but we'll make sure he gets there tonight. We'll catch him right after those 18 holes. Sometimes those guys. Well, hopefully he's some in a good guy, Sometimes they tip it up. Sometimes they tip it up around. I- Follows you as we get off this interview, and you give him the call, and then you know you're about halfway through. You know, probably round roll eight or hole eight nine. Or how about 10. if I send him a beer? Which which golf course is he at? I have no. Clue. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have oh, to find that you out, guys. Y'all got that information. The boss, y'all just went crazy trying to tell, tell the anything. boss's location. Yeah, I didn't even know he was there until I heard from Rob that he was there, and I was like, 
wow, you can go on the golf course, but we got to be here doing a show? I'm okay with that because we're here with That's the Beast. That's true. Hey, listen, today's going to be super fun, guys. You guys are going to get to come hang out. Ronnie and, you know, Ronnie's going to be a hoot. Um, Brian Walker will be there. And, of course, man, everybody wants a piece of Joey Fisher right now. I can't wait to see Joey and give him. I want to get my photo taken with Joey Fisher tonight. It could possibly be the last time of arm wrestling against him, right? Yeah, I mean, I am. I, I wouldn't advise Joey to ever arm wrestle me again because I'm lighting Joey. Well, I think up. his agent probably would probably suggest he doesn't the day before what the if draft. That hurts his draft stock. <laughs> so the first time we had you on earlier uh, last week, you, you brought out the challenge of you versus Joey to Joey's dad who was tuned in. Did anything ever come out of that with the uh, signing bonus challenge? Well, yeah. So you know, we started this heated argument, and then. All of a sudden, the Sports Center and the NFL Network show come out. And once Joey's dad saw those highlights of me just killing everybody, they backed out. But here's the thing. Lord. If Joey beats you, he could be the number one pick in the draft. If Joey beats me, he should, in exactly. fact, 100% be the number one pick in the draft. Does that mean that Tyson would make him to go number two? the strongest man in the world and Tice would have to go number two? What are you most excited for about the draft that starts tomorrow? Um, just the fact that we still have an opportunity. When I think about how few human beings are watching that draft because there's even a slight opportunity that they would hear their name, um, it's just amazing and it's a tribute to not only Tyson but Joey and everybody and just how unique the D2 experience is at Shepherd University and that Listen, if you're playing football in the Eastern Panhandle and you know you're, uh, and your dad's got you out there practicing five hours a day and the neighbor comes over and says, you know, that's just too much. You really shouldn't be doing that. You can look right at that lady and say, listen, that's what Travis Bajan did with his kids. And look, he's going to possibly be in the NFL. So if you're playing football, you got a chance. All right. I know Tyson is – going to be happy with whatever the result is like we said whether he gets drafted or ends up being a priority free agent you know he'll take on that challenge but i guess what is going to be his kind of approach to the weekend do you think do you think he'll be watching a lot if he ends up you know not going in the first round or do you think he'll probably do some other things and then kind of take his mind off of the draft what do you what do you think his plan is i guess and I'll, I'll probably ask him that tonight as well but yeah no doubt i would imagine that the first night he will be very loose and um probably not filled with a ton of expectation right but i believe come day two he's going to be analyzing and taking mental notes from every pick <laughs> that happens and praying that before the end of what is it um round three that you know, I'm sure that I would love to already hear his name, right? And that would mean that he has had the impression that not only me, but I think everybody who knows Tyson is not really that surprised if he has absolutely killed it in some interview with a team. I think that you could all three probably attest that, you know, I don't know if he's batting a thousand, but I bet he's batting over 500. Yeah. And, um, uh, Go ahead. Finish up where you're saying. Yeah, so I'm super proud, or not proud, but I, I know that regardless of how it turns out, he probably feels now that he could go in that third round 
If it doesn't happen at all, I'm sure there will be disappointment. The only good thing is from what I hear, you start hearing from the priority free agent frenzy right at the beginning of round five. Yeah. So like, hey, we want to pick you or we want to pick you up if you don't get drafted. A hundred percent. And honestly, will can we make a deal now if you don't get drafted, right? Yeah. So a lot of things like that. And that's pretty and some teams are done early too. Probably the best way to wait to see if you hear your name in the fifth, sixth, and seventh round when it's dire, if at least you're looking over at your agent and he's on the phone every five seconds telling you that you can go to, you know, up to 15 different teams. Is Greg up here this week? Greg will be here. Yeah. Is he going to be here tonight? He will not be here tonight. Oh, he gets in He gets in Friday. Um, so he'll be here Friday morning getting ready. All right. All right. I want to see if I can prove something that Tyson said uh, through these ESPN stuff and through the years of you getting maybe a little bit softer and more of a emotional football dad. So coming up this weekend, what will it be like for you emotionally if one of the days you do get to hear with the whatever number pick in the NFL draft a team does select your son? That, that is a tough one there. So I imagine that that will be a very soft moment in my life, but – I'm also wondering how irritated that I can be before it happens that will help I f- with those hormones. I feel like at the time, you're going to already know, though. I feel like he'll be on the phone, right? Yes. Yeah, they're they're hearing, hearing I, it, well, I think that's probably too. when it'll start for me, yeah. when he's on the phone, not after, you know someone actually says his name. Yeah. Will the waterworks be coming? Yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah, but I, you know what? I <laughs> as hope it, that as I, it should, though. Yeah, I hope that I can pimp up and, you know, and just keep, you know, just yelling to keep from crying, I guess they say, laugh to keep from crying. So we'll see. But it definitely would be crazy. I'm sure that uh, you can even see. It's even hard to watch the other people get drafted when they do, like, the highlights of all the kids crying, and you're like, Whoa, I can understand why that emotion, um, you know, is there. All right, I think that will wrap up the interview today. One more thing, though. How do you how do you donate tonight? Just to yeah. get that out one more time. Oh, yeah. So it's super simple. All you have to do is give us a um, any sort of message on a wide variety of things. You can go to Pulling for the Rams. Dot com. Click on any of the packages and send a message on what you would just personally like to donate. We just need your number and all that stuff. You can go there. And then during the show, you can respond to any, you know, to TV 10, to the YouTube page, and we will immediately be monitoring it and tracking you down. Segment awesome. sponsored in part by the one, the only Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. I wanted to figure that was a good tie in there. That is a. Absolute. I saw that jacket on Tyson in the feature. <laughs> you did, right? Yeah. I saw that. Eric has been a tremendous supporter of Shepherd football and especially for Tyson Bajan. So maybe he'll be there shout tonight. Shout out to Eric. Hey, Eric Harper, you hear that? Yeah, you better be here tonight. All right, we'll talk to uh, we'll talk about this tonight, six to nine p.m. Nick will be hosting with uh, Travis and a bunch of the Shepherd players. Tyson will be on there as well, but that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. We'll be back after this two-minute break to wrap things up.
This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it. No questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back-and-forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the V and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center at 800 Emmett Rouse Drive, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Nats fans, the party is just getting started at Nats Park as the 2023 season is underway. They sit down the line, extra bases into the corner. Bring your natitude and cheer on Joey, CJ, Josiah, and all your favorite Nats players this spring. See you later. While you enjoy a beautiful day at the ballpark with cold drinks, great food, and unbelievable giveaways. Visit Nats.com slash tickets and join the fun. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your April 26, 2023. Spencer, Nick, and Colin, happy to have you with us. Segment sponsored in part by the Mirrors Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 7... He did it again, Colin. 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Or call 304-263-4343. You really did that to me earlier when you made that joke. I won't won't say that joke on air because it'll get me in trouble. But you... (laughs) got that back in my head i don't know why it correlates i don't know how that correlates to the marius group i don't either but i'm sorry phil right. we love you phil <laughs> uh getting news here right before the show jp finley nbc sports washington um chase young will have his fifth year option declined the date i believe was may 4th i think it had to be done by or may 2nd i think it was may 2nd but nonetheless it's but a, his fifth year option will be declined and he's set to become a free agent after the 2023 season unless they give him a contract yeah it's put up or shut up time right i mean it's been circling even here we talk about it off air on whether or not chase young because of being injured is been a bust for washington after being the number two overall pick a few years back so if he wants to remain a commander and get a big money contract from washington when this new ownership comes he needs to ball out and be the guy that everybody expected him to be for this team and that is 
arguably the best defender in the NFL, right? That's what people wanted to see him be. He needs to at least be close to that, and he hasn't yet. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought that he was the best player in that draft um, coming out of college. Obviously, Joe Burrow has, being a quarterback and being as good as he has been, has probably put himself at a level that you know nobody's going to really uh, argue Catch. that yeah. he's not the best guy in that draft, uh, at least moving forward. But you know, so far that pick is not really looking that great for Washington. So. With the high expectations that were there for Chase Young, um, he's shown some flashes of the talent when he's been on the field, but the thing is he hasn't really been healthy. So uh, you certainly uh, don't want to pay him now, but you also don't want to get in a situation where, let's say he goes out and has you know, a 10-15 sack season. You probably have to pay him big bucks. You'd like to still have another year of that contract to negotiate and figure things out before you have to potentially pay place a franchise tag or sign them to a big long extension so you know it's a prove it type season for chase young i think that adds some motivation to what he's going to go out there and do and uh for the commander's sake you know you hope that it works out well um and also i mean he is a talented player we saw what he did at ohio state you know he was great so it's surprising that it hasn't worked out yet especially being on such a talented D line where, you know, not all the focus has to be on him, but he hasn't really been on the field that much. So hard to go out there and prove that you're worth it when you haven't been able to stay healthy. Uh, I think, um, you know, it'd be so you're looking at it right now where Chase Young might not be on the roster in the 2024 season, right? But I think it'd be a huge mistake if the commanders go out tomorrow night and draft an edge rusher in the first round. Because that would be the sixth time in seven years they've taken a front seven player and six defensive linemen in the top two rounds, even in, in the second rounds over that uh, over that seven years. Well, I mean, we we talked about it earlier this week when it kind of was just rumored is uh, that Washington sitting at number sixteen might decide to trade that sixteenth pick, try to build some stock up for next year and go after a quarterback next year that being Caleb Williams uh if this team decides to tank and do that but if they do how are you gonna have a good season for Chase Young if your team's success because you're trying to go after Caleb Williams isn't there right I mean who knows but if you're Washington too and you do end up trading back or even if you stay at 16 you know there's only so many elite talents in the draft uh, typically each year so you know if you are picking outside the top 15 or so you know you don't necessarily need to go with your needs and more so best guys is typically the best strategy you know if you go best guy available um, after you know so many picks that could really work out for you better uh, but you know it depends on what you say is Washington's number one need uh, but if a pass rusher does fall to them at 16, let's say, you know, one of the second or third best pass rushers in the draft, you know, just slips because of teams being quarterback hungry or whatever the case may be, uh, and somebody's sitting there at 16 that you really like as an overall prospect, I think it's you know better because you know, not necessarily getting your top need is always the best result. I mean, the Ravens last year, you know, Kyle Hamilton falls to them at 14 and. 
I mean, that was a guy that people thought would go top 10. He started off a little slow, but had a really productive year. They come back and they get uh, Linderbaum with their second first-round pick. Neither of those positions are necessarily like premier positions, a strong safety in the center. But those guys both could be, in the next few years, the top guys at their position. And, uh, you know, you got good value with those picks. So Washington is a team that's heading into a rebuild, potentially, or, or is kind of still in a rebuild. I don't really know what they're in because they have some talent on their roster where they could compete, Yeah, but they don't have a quarterback. But they're probably not getting a quarterback at 16. So you have I just to read back something. and you're, you're going to go for Caleb Williams next year, I think, then getting whoever the best player is available at, at your pick is a – it's a good strategy. I just read something from Charles Davis who says that uh, Hendon Hooker is a better quarterback than Levis and Richardson when he's healthy, and he thinks the commanders could take him at 16. They could, but, I mean, that's quite the reach. Yeah. At least based on what we've heard. Yeah. So if you're going to take Hooker, I think you trade back and you try to get an early second-round pick or so. But uh, that'll be interesting. Again, the draft begins tomorrow night at 8 p.m. We'll keep tracking on Friday about the first-round picks. The Nationals, they get a 5-0 shutout victory over the Mets last night, and that's now 3-1 and one in their last four games. It was a great game on the Josiah Gray as he pitched six innings, four hits, one walk, nine strikeouts. Mason Thompson came in to get the three-inning save. Allowing one hit and four strikeouts as the Nats blank the Mets, which is good there. Also, Brenton Doyle, the former Shepherd Ram, gets his first hit and RBI as he goes three for four with a double run scored and an RBI in his second game as the uh, Rockies once again beat the Cleveland Guardians. So shout out to Brenton Doyle for getting his first MLB hit and will be RBI as well. Yeah, and uh, looking forward to pulling for the Rams tonight. If you can hear us uh, make sure to show up to the mountaineer pub 6 to 9 p.m i'm excited to see how many people can pack uh the pub pack the pub i like that uh thanks to travis bajer for coming on thanks to new washington boys basketball head coach ryan miller for taking some time coming out here to martinsburg to get on the show with us and we'll have him on obviously over the next months and in the next basketball season but for colin mclaughlin nick verzellini i'm spencer please saying so long we'll talk to you tonight from six to nine for the pulling for the rams telethon and again tomorrow on the sports mix have a great your day everyone The Martinsburg Bulldogs play here only on Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg.